Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Today, I want to talk to you about self-care. I'm not just talking about taking a break or getting your nails done or going out to dinner with your girlfriends or getting away for a weekend retreat. Not that those aren't great because I think they are and I think they're important and healthy, but I'm talking about taking care of yourself in a way that no one else can. I'm talking about taking responsibility and ownership for your well-being and your life and meeting your own needs. Not only do you deserve to take care of yourself, it is your responsibility. You owe it to yourself and to the people around you, which is really great news because you're the very best person for the job. There's a lot more to self-care than the things I mentioned. These things are really important and you should definitely do them as much as possible. But there is a lot more to self-care than having a good time and connecting with people that you care about. I'm going to talk about self-care today in a different way than you've probably ever heard before. I'm going to tell you why it's important and it's your responsibility to practice self-care. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people that you care about to practice good self-care. It's just like taking care of your physical health and keeping your body healthy and strong in order to live a long, healthy life so that you can enjoy your life with your family and loved ones. The same is true for your mental health. I really believe it is the most important thing that you can do for your family and your loved ones, and most importantly, for yourself. When you do this, you get to show up in your life as a woman who knows how to be present and enjoy herself in a real and vulnerable way. But you also get to show up confidently as a woman who can handle yourself in a variety of situations and who is capable of handling the ongoing challenges of having a family and raising children in healthy ways. This is going to be a two-part episode. I'm going to talk about three areas of self-care. We will discuss the first two areas this week, and the third area of self-care will be covered next week. So make sure you don't miss it. This is so important. We all have needs, and I want you to understand that it is not selfish for you to practice self-care. It's actually very important that you make it a priority. And it's easy for us as women and mothers to put ourselves and our needs on the back burner and place the needs and wants of our children and family members above our own. I think it happens naturally, and it's something that makes us women unique and compassionate and giving in ways that many men aren't, but it can also lead to self-sacrificing behavior 
that is unhealthy and can lead to resentment. What I want to help you understand today is that being aware of your own needs and learning how to meet those needs and take care of them for yourself is the best thing that you can do for yourself and everyone that you care about. First, identify your needs and how to meet them. When you are a healthy whole person, you're better able to share your own talents, skills, and abilities with your family, with your employer, with the world. When your needs are not met and you're waiting for someone else to fulfill your needs, you are at their mercy. It usually leads to controlling behavior because you still want and need those needs to be met. What doesn't come as naturally for us is learning how to identify and meet our own needs. That's what we're going to talk about today. Your needs are still there, whether you are aware of them and whether or not they're being met. If they are not being met, you become a needy person. You've probably seen other people become needy. Sometimes it's easier to recognize it in other people. It doesn't happen logically or consciously, but we just know that something is missing and we try to get it from external sources. And it's kind of a creepy place to be. When you learn the art of self-care, you become aware of your own needs and own the responsibility of meeting those needs for yourself. Another reason self-care is important is that you are able to do more good in the world. If you practice self-care, you will be more ready and available to serve others and help fill others needs. If you practice regular self-care, let me give you some context for recognizing your needs. Let's say you have a career working a full-time corporate job setting. And this environment gives you the opportunity to connect and collaborate with others daily. Um, you could also have a setting to allow you to do research, plan, and execute projects from conception to completion. This environment can provide structure, connection with others, a creative outlet, and a place where you receive recognition for your work, as well as produce results that are identified and acknowledged by others. If you are a person that has needs in these areas, such as connection with others, recognition and validation for your work, respect from others, a structured work environment with an opportunity and an outlet to express your creativity in a business or corporate setting. This environment could be ideal for you in all of these ways, but let's say you decide that you want to stay home and be a full-time mom. Um, after operating in this corporate or business environment, you decide to have children and want to stay home and become a full-time mother and raise your children for a time. The environment is extremely different and it can be a difficult transition to go from a structured business or corporate environment to becoming a full-time mom. 
it can be isolating and it can feel like you work really hard, but have nothing to show for it. And most of the time there are no projects that get started and completed and stay that way. It can be repetitive. Everything that you do gets undone several times a day. So it can be a really difficult transition to go from working full-time to staying home full-time, even if it's what you really want to do, but it's all right. And even great. If you feel satisfied and fulfilled doing one of these jobs and frustrating and unsatisfying doing another, you can choose to do either or both at different times. If you know what your needs are and have identified them, then it can be helpful to meet them in other ways while you're staying home full-time or while you're working full-time. If the situation were reversed happens to be true for you. It's critical that you find out what your needs are and how you can best meet them. That might sound simple, but it's not always simple to identify your own needs. You have to pay attention to yourself. It requires that you listen to yourself, pay attention to what you're thinking and your habits and behaviors and notice what your needs are. The concept of basic human needs was first introduced by Sigmund Freud and contributed to by several other psychologists over the years, most famously identified by psychologist Abraham Maslow. Um, He proposed six basic human needs. Tony Robbins actually recently adapted Maslow's theory and teachings into one of the greatest tools for life transformation, um, the six basic human needs. He suggests that meeting all of these needs is the greatest strategy for living a fulfilled life. We all have needs and not just for basic survival. But the six proposed needs from Maslow and confirmed by Tony Robbins are love or connection, variety, significance, certainty, growth, and contribution. The first four needs are necessary for survival and successful life. The last two needs, growth and contribution, are necessary to experience fulfillment in your life. So some of you may be thinking I need water or diet Coke, whatever the need may be food, chocolate, clothes, and Jesus. And you are correct, but those all fall within the six human need categories. There's countless other ways to break down and identify human wants and needs. And there is no right way. I'm just giving you several ideas to consider some other ways to identify your needs are through personality tests or assessments, such as the Briggs Myers, um, test. There's an emotional intelligence test, human metrics test, um, the color code personality test are just a few, um, that you can find in a quick Google search. You may want to check out one or several of these to help you identify and maybe categorize some of your typical wants and needs. However you identify them, 
it's important to figure out what your needs are and how they are or are not being met. The key to living a fulfilling life and knowing who you are and living true to it is identifying your needs and making sure they are being met. We're all unique. Ask yourself, what are my needs and how are my needs being met? It's going to vary a lot from person to person, but you have to pay attention to yourself and don't assume that everyone feels the same way you do. Just be non-judgmental towards yourself and observe. One way to uncover your needs is by journaling. It can be a great way to express your thoughts, dreams, and desires without a filter. Allow yourself to just express everything you feel freely and don't be surprised by what you find. Journaling can be therapeutic and it can really help you identify what's going on in your mind. You'll probably get the most benefit by doing it regularly, not necessarily every day. Prayer can also be another really good way to recognize what you're asking for and what you want. And prayers can give you a really great insight into what your deepest desires are. Meditation can be powerful in this way. Any practice that centers around mindfulness exercises can really help you connect with yourself. Also take a walk or a jog. I really enjoy running. I started running when I was in high school and I've kept it up for most of my life. I'm not a distance runner by any means. I usually just run two or three miles a few times a week, but I love to just get out there completely unplugged, no phone. It's peaceful and relaxing and just notice the world around you and be alone with your thoughts. It's one of the best things I do for myself physically and emotionally. It helps my body in lots of ways, but I love getting those endorphins going. It just feels good. It gives me a chance to clear my mind and let my thoughts just come. It's an excellent way to pay attention to myself without other distractions. So try it. Even walking is great. It's also important to have time alone with yourself with no television or radio or music or books or podcasts in your ears. Just be alone with your thoughts. Another need that you may have is time away from people or with people. It's good to recognize whether you're more of an introvert or an extrovert. Introverts and extroverts are personality types that have to do with where you get your energy from and how you recharge. An introvert needs time alone to recharge and an extrovert gets a lot of energy from being around other people. That's a pretty simplified explanation and it definitely varies from person to person, but that might help you kind of clue into um, what one of your needs are. One thing I've really noticed about myself lately is that I have a high need to connect with other people. And I like real people connections. 
social media following or liking or sharing does not do it for me. And I've known this for a long time about myself, but I've been reminded of it lately as my work schedule has been arranged so that I've been secluded alone in my office for hours and hours and for many days at a time. Um, I set it up this way so that I could block out big chunks of time and get things done without distractions. It was working for a while and when I was really focused on one big project, but I started to realize that it was affecting me, that I was feeling isolated and removed I, I was starting to get depressed. If I don't have real human interactions with clients and get out and interact with real people, I really start to, to just lose energy and feel too isolated and removed. Just recently, I, I noticed this was happening and I was really missing out on connection with people and social time. And I recognized this need was not being met. So I've rearranged, um, my work schedule and I've also added in some social workout times like paddleboarding and pickleball with friends on days that I know I'm going to be in my office, um, researching and writing and recording. I make sure I get in some social, um, exercise time so that I can fill that need. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I know that it's one of my needs. And so I am making sure that that need is getting met, that I have real human interaction time every day. You need to pay attention to your social needs as well. You may need alone time every day or regularly. Some other areas to explore are how you like to spend your free time. Are you a planner? Or do you like to be spontaneous? Do you like to schedule your entire weekend or relax with lots of downtime and no plans and no schedule? Some people have a high need for time to unwind from the workday, and you may need to make sure you build in time for mindless distractions like Netflix or video games or crossword puzzles or Sudoku or listening to music. Or maybe you really like to solve problems and you need an opportunity to do that. Many women have a big need for creativity and you may have a lot of creative ideas and you need a way to express them, whether it's through art or music or crafting. Um, this can also be expressed in decorating or painting in your house or taking on a new project like refinishing furniture building something like a birdhouse or a deck. We all need to feel valued and appreciated. And this can be expressed in different ways too. Um, some people prefer verbal praise and others enjoy competing or winning awards or um, winning in sports competitions. Another need that you may have is nurturing others. Some people have a really strong desire to nurture, and maybe you have a real need to give back or feel like you're giving and contributing to be a part of something bigger, to make a big impact in the world. That's something that's really important to you. Honestly, there are countless unique ways that we all have needs and wants that need to be addressed. Understanding what you need is a critical part of self-care. So I really want you to get curious 
about yourself, write it down, write down the things you observe about yourself and pay attention to how your needs are being met or how they're not being met. And once you can identify your needs, it's much easier to fill them. The key here is owning the responsibility to fill them. This is your responsibility and no one else's. And that applies to you, whether you are single or married. Okay. The second part of self-care that I'm going to address today is your relationship with yourself. We all have a relationship with ourselves, whether we notice it or not. And most people don't pay attention to their relationship with themselves. Many people have a very toxic and even cruel relationship with themselves. I want you to pay attention to how you talk to yourself. Are you kind or are you cruel? Are you critical or compassionate? Pay attention to how you talk to yourself. It's actually really harmful to have cruel self-talk. If you notice that the stories you're telling yourself are harsh or mean or cruel, I want you to look at a picture of yourself as a child. I recently learned this from an amazing life coach at the life coach school mastermind event in Austin. Her name is Rachel Hart. And she taught that if you struggle with negative self-talk, it's really helpful to think of yourself at a young age and even find a picture of yourself as a child and post it up somewhere where you will see it regularly and several, maybe around your office, around your home, post it on your computer, on the mirror in your bathroom and talk to this child, talk to the child in the picture. When you're talking to yourself, would you be cruel or mean to that child in the picture? Most likely not. If your thought is things weren't fair, but I can't say that or feel that you may even be trying to ignore those feelings or hide those feelings because you feel like you can't say what you really feel. When we suppress our emotions and our feelings, they actually come back with a vengeance, any unresolved thoughts or emotions that we are carrying around with us that are repressed come back even more powerfully and forcefully than before. Sort of like trying to push down a float below the surface of the water. The harder you push down on it, the more forcefully it presses back up until it comes out of the water. So it's important work for each of us to do. We need to allow ourselves to think and say hurtful things that we have experienced and are carrying around and just allow it without blaming ourselves or others, just allow those feelings to come out and then talk to your younger self, the photo of yourself as a child and tell her, I can see that that didn't seem fair to you when this happened. It makes sense that you feel this way. Talk to yourself as the child that you were with kindness and compassion and with love. It's okay to still feel like there were things that happened that were unfair, um, but it's, it's much more helpful and constructive if you can find a way to talk to yourself that is kind and compassionate. The truth is 
that if you are mean to yourself, then you will try to hide from yourself as much as possible. None of us like to be talked down to. And if it happens enough, we're going to try to protect ourselves by avoiding whoever is talking down to us. If that happens when you were talking to yourself with the thoughts that are going on in your head, you're going to try to block those thoughts or ignore those thoughts, or maybe even muffle them by drowning them out with constant music or something in your ears. Ultimately, you're going to try to hide from yourself. It's not productive. It's important to learn how to be kind to yourself, even with your thoughts. Honestly, none of us has a hundred percent positive, pure, clean, happy thoughts. In fact, we all have thoughts that are kind of weird or bizarre or crazy or even horrible. It doesn't mean that you are a horrible person. It just means that you're human and you have human thoughts. Another thing that you need to pay attention to is the two different parts battling within you. Good versus bad, the higher brain versus your lower brain. And one part, the spirit or the soul, and the other part is the natural man or the ego. We all know that, especially with your lower brain and your higher brain, um, one part is more focused on long-term and what's really going to benefit you in the long run. The lower brain or our survival instincts usually are more focused on the short term and immediate wants and gratification. It's normal that we all have these two parts inside us. It's helpful to be aware of both of them. And of course, you want to try to listen to your spirit or your higher brain or use your prefrontal cortex to make decisions that are really important and meaningful to you long-term. Feed your spirit in the most constructive way. But on occasions, when you do give in to your natural man or your ego, be kind to yourself. We all know what this is like. Um, I'll share an example from my life that I'm sure many of you can relate with. Um, many evenings after dinner, I think that I should have chocolate cake and that chocolate cake is really good. And I want it yet my spirit and my higher brain knows that I will feel bad about it afterwards and that it's really not good for my body for all sorts of reasons. But sometimes I still choose to have chocolate cake after dinner. I don't beat myself up for it. I know that I'm human and sometimes chocolate cake is exactly what I need in that moment. I love what Jody Moore teaches that when you do make the wise choice to have an apple instead of chocolate cake, then you should say to your spirit, that's because I love you. Not necessarily every time you eat an apple, but if it's one of those moments when you were really struggling and you really wanted to eat that chocolate cake, and in the end, you made the wise choice to have the apple, remember to say to yourself, that's because of how much I love you that I made that choice. This phrase is actually really powerful. Every now and then say to yourself, I did that for you. When you make a bad choice and you 
choose to have the chocolate cake. It's okay to say things like, I love me anyway. I love you just as much, even though sometimes you eat the chocolate cake. The way that you talk to yourself is really important and make sure that you talk to yourself in a way that you would talk to someone that you love, someone that you want to have a healthy relationship with. Okay. I hope you have a much different perspective on self-care than what you've had in the past. So far, I've talked about the importance of self-care and owning the responsibility of taking care of you. I also discussed how to identify your own needs and how they are or are not being met. The other component of self-care we discussed today is being aware of your relationship with yourself and choosing to be kind to yourself. I hope I've given you a lot to think about and even some homework if you're ready to go work on yourself. We will continue this discussion in next week's podcast episode, the second part of this discussion on self-care. So don't miss it. Make sure you tune in. I would love to hear from you. I really love getting your emails. So send me an email at jen at jenzingmark.com and let me know how it's going, identifying your needs and wants and what you think about all of this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I really appreciate those of you who have gone into iTunes and left me a review. I know that the rest of you are going to do it. So don't hesitate. Go ahead and do it right now. Leave me a review. That would be so awesome. So I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. More about self-care. I'm really passionate about it. And I hope you guys are too. I love you guys. And I hope you have a great week. Bye y'all. Are you struggling with the trials of divorce? There is a path to find joy in your journey. I would love to help you. Go to jenzingmark.com to get all the info. There you'll find a free download to help you start thinking happier thoughts today. And you can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter. If you like what you've heard here and want to dive deeper into this work, sign up for a free mini session with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.